Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. How the hell are you? Welcome to another edition of your Life's Work Podcast. Here in Northeast Ohio, it's hot as hell. Not that hell is hot, and not that you even have to worry about hell, because frankly, you don't. So take the burden off. Take your hell coat off and all your hell stuff off. You're fine. Nobody's going anywhere. Uh, anyway, it's summer, right? It's July. I lived in Southern California for 10 years, and I had forgotten what the moist, humidity, wetness of a summer is. In the, you just forget. When you live in Southern California, there's a lot you forget. Like it could be December, right? It could be like the day before Christmas. And because you just start to get really used to sunny and 70. <laughs> like you see a news report and it's like, uh, there's a northeaster coming in and it's going to dump five feet of snow. And you're like, oh, it's December. I'm having that kind of a week here <laughs> here in Ohio. I woke up this morning, saw the sun, saw the blue sky. It's actually been a really terrific spring into summer here, like really, really great. And at this taping, we're just rolling past the uh, July 4th weekend. And so, again, I wake up on Monday. I see the blue sky. I'm like, yeah, it's great. And you open up the door, and it's like somebody smacks you with like a hot, wet T-shirt over your face or a hot, wet sponge that's been sitting on the hood of a car. It's just, uh, it's just, I mean, listen, I'm not complaining. I'm glad to be back here. Uh, why did you move? <laughs> right? That's the, that's the thing. I do, I miss Carlsbad, California, man. I miss it like you wouldn't believe. So those of you who are listening in Carlsbad and San Diego and LA, you mother, anyways, it's, um, again, I'm, I'm with my folks. My kids get to see their grandparents, um, and a lot of good family friends that we just have back here. So you make choices, man. That's what you do. You make choices. And not all those choices are based on cash or power or career. What? Yes. Sometimes you make choices because relationships are more important in your life. Just sometimes you do that. Just uh, That's just a friendly reminder from your, from your friendly spiritual director, JR. All right, we're doing contempt today. Did I mention that? Contempt. Here's the definition of contempt. This comes right off the interwebs, right? I'm not, I'm not making up shit. This is exactly what the interwebs are telling us what contempt is. You, you see if you've, you've, you fashion this. You see if it fits into your world. Contempt. The feeling that a person or thing is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving scorn. All right? I can assuredly tell you, as the day is long, that I have struggled and and under contempt um, for great portions of my life. And the strings that fall off of my contempt are arrogance, um, my smart acidness. Because <laughs> uh, when I get contemptuous, man, I get super arrogant and super, like, ridiculously... Um, Smart ass. Like, I just, I just want to smart ass everything to death. Um, so I have dealt with contempt. I have dealt with that looking at people, places, and things as beneath consideration or worthless or deserving of scorn. I like to say at this point, like, and this is me, then, then I come off of the interwebs and I do me. For me, there's like three types of anger. Anger in threes. Like, there's anger at the end of your nose. And we all know anger at the end of our nose. Some guy cuts you off. You know, when you're driving and you're like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. And then, uh, and then there's resentment, right? There's like 
you that guy cuts you off and then you're still chasing that guy <laughs> for an hour, an hour later, still trying to flip him off. The rehashing of the past, right? Right. Or maybe that one guy cut you off and then the next day, <laughs> like another guy cut you off and like immediately you go to that first event. That's a resentment. The rehashing. Right. And then there's contempt where everybody on that highway is in your way. Everybody in that highway is beneath consideration or worthless or deserving of scorn. All traffic anywhere. <laughs> All human beings that would that would grab a steering wheel and get into your space suck. So there's a- anger in threes. And again, anger as a as a thing, like I tell people, man, anger is a is a pre-built thing into us. It's it's real. There can be some good to anger. Resentment, there's nothing good about resentment. And frankly, contempt is just, like it, Like if you're living in contempt, and we're going to talk about it today, if you're living in contempt, you need to get some help. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Even if you got resentment on you. Contempt and resentment, man, I'm telling you right now, you need to go talk about it. And everybody that's listening to me right now has varying degrees of resentment and contempt. So I tell people all the time, uh, anger is a season. It's a season. It's not a lifestyle. So if you're constantly pissed off, like you're something's you got to do something. Like, and I know there's people out there that, you know, are angry as a premise. Right. And maybe it's cute and funny, but, you know, if you're living your best life now, (laughs) it shouldn't be a lifestyle. Anger, Anger just shouldn't be a lifestyle. Contempt at that point is anger unchecked and it becomes lifestyle. So once you go, hey, I'm angry as a lifestyle, you're contemptuous. That's how it goes. And your targets, your gun is going to be shooting at certain uh, targets, a person, a place, a thing. Uh, it could be an ideology. It could be a political system. It could be a person. Um, there's a lot of contempt right now politically, right? People either love or, ha- or just hate the president. There's like so much contempt and you can turn on a, and it doesn't matter what network you turn on. You, you, you just, you hear the contempt right away. So we all get it. We all understand what contempt is and contempt becomes lifestyle. But just keep that in mind because I don't want any of you to have this as a lifestyle. I really don't. Justice. So, you know, we've talked a lot about justice in the last month or so since George Floyd the idea of justice has like risen to the top, and you've seen anger, resentment, contempt, right? And, and, and we've seen these 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 models of of anger erupt like volcanic situations. Justice, for the record, needs wisdom, not contemptuous desperation seeking to destroy. Okay, so I just I just. Yeah. I included the justice needs wisdom thing because we're because a it's topical it's b it's in the culture and everybody's looking for justice. Justice has to be practiced. For the record, we can't get there through contempt. We can't. We're not going to contemptuize our way into justice because there's a desperation that sits inside of contempt. For the record, that does seek to destroy. And if you think about what I'm saying, think about your own contempt for a minute. Who are you contemptuous with? Right. Let's go back to the let's go back to the definition for yourself. Let's, let's think. Person, place, or thing. Ready? Get it in your mind. Here we go. Who, what, where is beneath consideration, worthless, or deserving of your scorn? Who is that? What is that? Is it an ideology? I work with a lot of people that used to be church folks. Right. A lot of even I work with a lot of kind of what they you know people are like I'm not an evangelical. They're ex-evangelicals. 
a lot of deconstruction, and they're just effing pissed, contemptuous at the American church as a whole. Pissed that they that they were brought up in an ideology that said if they unzip and have sex before marriage that they're going to hell, or if they smoke or drink or enjoy themselves in any way, they're screwed. You raise your hand and say, yeah, I believe, and then everything's okay, but you can't do a damn thing. <laughs> I would be pissed too. I was not raised like that. <laughs> I was raised in the barn. For the record, nobody said anything about God in my in my family. Oh my gosh! I, seriously, I, I don't know if anybody ever knew, ever, ever know, if I've ever talked about it, but I I grew up no one I didn't know. The first time in Jesus was inter- introduced to me, and it, and again, like I say that with all due respect to my story, because I don't, I certainly, I certainly don't want to offend the universe at this point. When I was young, like I really had a, a deep mystical experience with the divine, so I knew. God was like a thing, man. I really did. Didn't name it. You know, I didn't have uh, words for it, but I knew deep in my gut, in my heart, that there was something beaten out there that was really real. But the first time somebody told me about Jesus, I was like, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Anyways, contempt is anger unchecked and becomes lifestyle. Justice needs wisdom, not contemptuous desperation seeking to destroy. Don't let the mad rush for justice at that point, fuel the need to cancel and evict. So everybody's talking about cancel. Everybody's canceling this and canceling that, and I'm canceling you, and you don't have a career anymore, and you can't go to that place anymore, and that brand doesn't do that correctly, so we're canceling them, and we're boycotting that, and we're not going over here, and stop saying this, and stop saying that, and can't... It's not a thing. It's just it's just not a thing. Don't Don't let the mad rush... Don't let the mad, contemptuous rush for any kind of justice, justice fuel that need to simply run over, cancel, and convict. And I know people are pissed, but don't let that mad rush to contempt happen in your life. Significant change will need time to grow and mature among a nonviolent mind and an action. Significant change... Again, I'm talk, we're talking about getting rid of contempt, removing contempt. Remember that person, place, or thing that you're contemptuous with. Significant change in that, who, with that, to whom that, will need time to grow and mature among, ready, your nonviolent mind and your nonviolent actions. Which means if when you're in contempt mode, you're constantly killing that person, place, or thing, either out loud or in your mind. You're constantly killing them. I spent some time with some people recently, and there was just this mad rush to judgment on a certain subject. And it was like the minute you brought the subject up, it was like, bring out the damn guns. (laughs) Start to fire and start to shoot. And nothing is going to change in their contempt if they continue the cheerleading of the contempt in that violent kind of mindful uh, repose and action. So if you're looking to, if you're looking to backdoor contempt, if you're looking to walk away from it, I just, I just want you to understand it's going to take some time, but you got to mature it. You got to move away from it nonviolently in your thoughts and in your actions. Opposition always breeds opposition. You listen to this podcast at all. You've heard me probably say this a million times. If you're one of my clients, you, you I say it and you're like, oh, all right, dude, stop saying that shit. Opposition breeds more opposition. That's it. Period. End of story. When you're contemptuous, most likely you're in a constant damn fight. 
Think about it. Think about it. What are you contemptuous? Who, what, why, where? What, what, what is the person, place, or thing? And I guarantee you, you're going to find more opposition. I guarantee you, you can, you can give me a story that's as fresh as the last breath you took that has some kind of fight or some kind of argument or some kind of pissed offness with it that just recently happened. So opposition breeds more opposition. You want to walk away from contempt, you're going to have to understand where, where and what your opposition is. Like I told you, I struggled with contempt. Struggle, struggle with contempt. I still do. It's still, it's still a, a part of me, man. And one of the big ways I struggled with was the American church. I never went to the American church. Listen clearly, because that's part of my story. I was never a church kid. I never was not an evangelical. I don't know none of that. And didn't grow up in a denomination. But the older I got in my faith and in my understanding of what happened to me as a kid, right, as I studied and came to understand that, oh my gosh, there's communities out there that believe like me or think like me or or or, or love God like me. And and then I and then I started to get to know them. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is bullshit. Like this th- these people don't understand Jesus the way the the way they should understand Jesus or the way I understand. It. And so I became contemptuous for a long time. And that bred opposition. I wrote a book called Starving Jesus in early two thousand. And in that book, like you, you can read that book and you can read every single sentence and chapter has a little tinge of contempt coming from me. And it's because I didn't I hadn't hit a maturity. I hadn't I hadn't hit a, a real mindful way of peace yet. I just hadn't. I just, you know, it was easier to shoot cans off a fence post at that point in my faith. Taking change by force enslaves the very message-needing freedom. Let me just turn the damn cell phone off. (laughs) Taking change by force enslaves the very message-needing freedom. So a lot of us in contempt want to charge up the hill and cut guts out. That's what we want to do, right? People, place, or thing. And remember what what, what your contempt is and for and who and with. If you try to take that stuff by force, or take it over, or dominate it, or run it over, or cancel it. it. It literally enslaves the very message that needs freedom, which is love. The very message that, that you're looking to kind of unbind in, in contempt is love. And you're stuffing that down. And, 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 and contempt is this, 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 this massive bubble of emotional unavailability at the end of the day, because it's just coated with greasy grimy, disgusting, smelling anger. It is possible, good people, to abuse anger, to abuse contempt. Just so you know, it's possible to abuse this at this point. It is possible to be so contemptuous and so self-righteously indignant that you actually become an abuser while you do it. Think about that person, place, or thing that you're pissed at, you're contemptuous about, and then start to really get honest with yourself. That's the problem. The problem when we talk about contempt is you got to get honest with yourself. That's a big deal. It is possible to inflict greater destruction looking to blame instead of actively working for equity, equality, and justice. Do it again. It is possible to inflict greater destruction as you look for contemptuous blame Instead of actively working for equity, equality, and justice. 
So I, I, I just want you to know, like that energy of contempt and anger. And listen, I know people have wronged you. Maybe your contempt is because somebody did something very effed up to you. And I'm, I'm not going to pull and deny away from you those emotions and those feelings of anger. I'm not going to do that. But once you start living in it, it becomes your problem. And that's where we got to aim when it comes to con- where it comes to contempt. Yes, the American church did a bunch of shit to a bunch of people. Yes, the government did a bunch of shit to a bunch of people. Yes, the raper, the murderer, the thief, the the armies, the the imperialist society, the 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 big brand that screwed everybody. Like, yes, they've done stuff, but once we start ingesting and spitting back into the world the vileness of contempt it becomes your problem that's hard that's super hard super hard one time a guy did something to me that was heinous true story i won't give you names or dates but i had a guy do something very heinous to me so much so that it affected my finances it affected my family it affected where I had to live. <laughs> it, was, it was an aft up situation, and I was pissed, and I stayed contemptuous for a good couple years, maybe even three years, until I really started working through it. And guess what? It was my problem. Yes, it was done to me, but how I reacted and how I stayed coiled in opposition, coiled in anger, coiled in contempt, was ultimately my problem. And I inflicted greater destruction looking to blame than actively looking for some equity, some equality, and some justice in the situation. Inside of that removing contempt, we have to practice nonviolence. We have to practice justice. We have to practice love. We have to hold ourselves accountable and remove contempt. Again, where are you contemptuous? Person, place, or thing? person, place, or thing. Do you got it? I know you got it. Sorry for this. <laughs> All right, so there's like five identifiers for me. And again, I'm not the five, three thing guy to, to, to move you on. So that's not it. But the, 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 again, these are, these are things that sit inside my spiritual direction practice as I'm moving with people, as we are really truly listening to the divine among our contempt. The, the big centered piece here is you really want to shake this contempt is talk. Be able to do this with another person. Dates, times, stories, feelings. Like, be specific as you possibly can when you talk through your contempt. It helps like you wouldn't believe. Contemplation, thinking, looking, taking inventory is the second one. So, you know, I, I, I'm a contemplative Trinitarian at the end of the day. Right, my wisdom tradition is contemplative. Um, I I love the contemplative practices that help me lean in to the to the energy of the divine God Father. I love the process of silence and stillness, uh, centering prayer. I love I love the ability to pull people together and to hover over things in our lives where we can listen deeply enough to really start touching what love is between us, between us and God, God and us. We don't flow 
to God. We flow from God, very contemplatively. And in that, there's thinking. In that, there's looking. There's listening. There's taking inventory. The good people of the 12-step community recognize the taking inventory line. Taking inventory means we are doing ourselves a favor in our contempt by looking in the mirror and not just looking beyond the mirror to the to the idiots that we think are out there that need our contempt. Contemplation looks like prayer, looks like meditation. Thinking and thanking and looking and listening looks like spiritual direction, counseling, therapy, psychoanalysis. It looks like study even. It even looks like you picking up a book at the borders or the Amazon about anger. And there's five billion of them. Number three, work for nonviolence. Now, again, not a hippie wearing tie-dye smoking dope. I'm talking about being honest with yourself. When I talk about nonviolence, I'm talking about the, the purity of simply being honest with yourself. That's nonviolent. Because when you're honest with yourself, you will drop all your bullshit. You will drop all the finger-pointing, all the yelling and screaming, all the hollowing and crying to God about what assholes they are and how you need to be righted. <laughs> they, need, they need scorn and unworthiness, and you need praise. you got to work for nonviolence. In other words, you got to be honest with yourself. bunch of people out there want to talk about what nonviolence is. Martin Luther King. The greatest thing that Martin Luther King did was he mirrored the society by simply telling the truth about who he was and what he wanted. And there, it was such a mirror, an unbelievable, undeniable, nonviolent, honest look at human beings. And we, and we, in my house, man, we thank God for that guy. We really do. Fourth thing, get to the root of the problem. By looking at the past. Let's look at the past. Now, a lot of people, you know, I mean, this is an arguable thing for people. But for me, man, there's a rooting that needs to be done. There's chipmunks in my yard, by the way. And these chipmunks, they uh, they root in the ground in the early mornings. And I don't know what they're looking for. Grubs, insects, I don't know what chipmunks, <laughs> chipmunks do. But they root and they tear up the grass a little bit so you can see the soil. And when we get to the root of the problem, we're looking at the past, man. That's what we're doing. We're talking about the relationships in our past that have brought us to contemptuous stuff. It turns out you're probably not pissed at the church. You're pissed at a pastor. It turns out you're not pissed at the political system. You're pissed at a politician or a law passed. It turns out that the guy that stole from you, you're maybe not as mad at him as you are just not having whatever the hell he stole. So, I mean, there's all these variables of going as deep as you possibly can. So you got to talk to somebody about your past. Again, you got to be specific where the anger starts, where it rolls into resentment, and then where ultimately it winds up in contempt. Fifth one is pray. And again, this is something that we all do. Even my good friends out there that have nothing to do with God. And you know who you are. Even you pray. In other words, our wants, needs, and desires. Whatever our nots, wants, needs, and desires. And how are we? how is it leaving our bodies, our minds, our spirits? How are we 
offering up our cries to God when it comes to our anger, our contempt, and our resentment. What are you doing there? Are you able to be honest with yourself enough to cry out to the divine and ask for freedom from what's chaining you down, keeping you pissed, keeping you upset, keeping you in opposition? Think about the contempt. The easiest way to think about the contempt in 2020 is to go political real, real quick. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't have an opinion about this, like a hot button boop opinion about what's happening, especially rolling into the elections in 2020, because there's, there's some shit to be said. That's all there is to it. So you can go there real quickly, right, and find it real quick. Now, at this point, somebody's going to say, it's not okay for me to be angry. And remember what I said, anger is great for a season, man. Like there's nothing wrong with your anger. In fact, anger is designed at some point, some place, some vessel, nodule, exhaust pipe out of us to be able to, to take emotions away from us at some way and to help right injustices. Like, so I'm not pissed. I'm not contemptuous about anger. Again, it's a season, but as a lifestyle, it's resentment and contempt. That we got to get rid of. That'll solve a lot of societal ills for the record. It'll also solve a lot of the addiction processes and stuff that we deal with. It'll solve a lot of our relationship problems. It will certainly solve how we are talking to God. How we are literally going before the divine and, and, and leaning into unitive consciousness. Because at the end of the day, that's where I'm pointing everybody, is into a little unitive consciousness. The idea that we join and it joins us. It joins us and we join it. That we are all part of the same goo and wonderful fabric of God, who is loving to a fault. <laughs> I mean, he's got creation like me walking around. Thank you. So, again, my problem isn't with anger. But when you pray, I want you to find your wants, needs, and desires. And in your wants, needs, and desires, it requires you to be honest with yourself about the resentment and the contempt. And be able to spit that back into God and go, hey man, hey woman, hey father, hey mother, hey universe, hey love, hey center, hey power. I invite you into this stuff because I want freedom from it. I'm looking for peace. At the end of the day, we're looking for peace. That's what we're all looking to be loved and to love. But you got to learn it. You got to learn it. And unfortunately, contempt is one of the big uh, beta blockers. <laughs> I don't know why I said beta blockers. It's one of the big blockers. All right, that's all I got. I love you. Thank you for being a part of my passion. I'm J-R, J-R man, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. I am a, spir Amy, I am a spiritual director. Let me, uh, if you got stuff, man, we can get through it. We can get through it. We can get through it sometimes very quickly, just so you know. Doesn't have to take years. Sometimes it does. And I've got clients that I've had for years. God bless you. I love you. And uh, I've been in spiritual direction <laughs> pretty much my whole damn life. Um, so that's great. But I love you. Hey, if you want to give to Tabletop, it's tabletop.online. Um, we do spiritual direction for absolutely free for those who can't afford traditional counseling and therapies and all that kind of stuff. We'd love your support. Tabletopministries.online. Please become a monthly donor. We would absolutely be tickled to death. Uh, write you a nice little email and send you a card at the end of the year because um, we definitely need you. Hey, stay safe from the COVID. 
sit down and relax from the old contemptuous stuff. Opposition breeds opposition. God loves you. I love you. I can't wait to talk to you. My number and my digits and my info is on the damn website. Call me. I will actually pick up my phone. Yeah, I will actually pick it up. Like, if you call me right now, the chances that I pick it up are pretty damn good. Unless, of course, I'm doing this or I'm talking to somebody about their stuff. Either way, you're the best. Stay cool. Keep your air conditioners on. Next week, I don't know what the hell we're going to be doing. Maybe we're going to start taking uh, some Ask JR moments. Do you like Ask JR moments? Let me know. I love you. Talk to you next week.